The Boston Bruins have made a recall from Providence here on Wednesday morning, and I am answering a bunch of your mailbag questions on today's brand new episode of Locked On Boston Bruins. Your Locked On Bruins, your daily podcast on the Boston Bruins, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up, Bruins fans, and welcome back to another episode of Locked On Boston Bruins. This is a daily show where we discuss all things spoke to be. And I want to thank you so much for making Locked On Bruins part of your day. Every single day, we are free and available wherever you get podcasts. Bessie would love to say hi. She's jumping on my desk here as I begin recording. Uh, Please do subscribe on your favorite podcast app, as well as on YouTube. We're nearing 1,000 subscribers, and when we do hit that, I'm going to be giving away this commemorative limited edition Patrice Bergeron Tim Horton stick to a lucky subscriber. If you are on Twitter and Instagram, you can find the podcast at Locked NHL Bruins. You can find me, my dad jokes, and hockey tweets at Ian C. McLaren. On today's episode, I'm going to answer a bunch of listener questions that were sent to me this morning via social media. But first, the Bruins have made a minor move this morning, recalling forward Yuna Kapanen from the Providence Bruins and assigning Chris Wagner back down to the AHL. Wagner, of course, had been recalled for the trip out to California in light of the Jake DeBrusque injury. Uh, Competent carries a much more modest $750,000 cap hit, whereas Chris Wagner went up at the NHL level is at 1.35. So they're not only saving a bit against the cap, but they're filling a bit of a need as Thomas Nosek. I'm not sure if he's banged up, but he's not been playing fantastic down on the fourth line. Kapanen has played in 34 games for Providence this season, five goals, 14 assists. He's also a solid defensive player who can succeed in the faceoff circle, which is important if he's going to fill in for Nosek, for example. Uh, he's a fifth-round selection from the 2016 NHL entry draft and has yet to appear in a National Hockey League game. His debut could come as early as tomorrow night against the Seattle Kraken. So that's the latest when it comes to the Bruins roster. In advance of tomorrow night's game, they will be gathering for practice here on Wednesday to get ready for those Uh, Kraken, who have been on a pretty long uh, Eastern Conference road trip here, and it's gone pretty well for them. We'll preview this game more fully tomorrow, but uh, they are pretty much, yeah, undefeated here in 2023. They beat the Islanders to begin 2023 on January 1st. Uh, 
they embarked on this road trip, beat the Oilers, beat the Maple Leafs, beat the Senators, beat the Canadians. Last night, they beat the Sabres, and then they will be in Boston on Thursday and then wrap up the trip Saturday in Chicago. So Seattle, pretty hot coming into this one. And again, we'll preview that more fully on tomorrow's show. For now, let's get into some mailbag questions that you all sent in. Not all of you, sadly, but some of you. And there's some really good ones here that I want to address. First of all, let's begin with Bob Beers 19, who asks, what position, if any, do you believe the Bruins should address at the deadline? Great question. I think you just have to look at this recall for some idea there. I think the Bruins, you know, when healthy, their top six is formidable. You have the benefit of putting a Taylor Hall on the third line with Charlie Coyle. You might want to add a scoring right winger on that line. Craig Smith just doesn't seem to have it uh, these days. And you might want to improve your fourth line center if Nosek remains somewhat ineffective or is banged up. On defense, the top six when healthy, I really love. You have Zborl, Strawman, Riley still around if there's some injuries. So perhaps you could upgrade there as well. Uh, you know, if you can add to the top four, say Jacob Chikrin or something like that, I'd be all over that. He has a very great contract for the next few years. Um, but the biggest area, I think, would be kind of a scoring winger to put on the third line. And when you think about this latest recall, I would have been okay with Oscar Steen being recalled or perhaps even Fabian Lysel. The Bruins are the best defensive team in the NHL right now. And they can afford to put kind of a looser defensive forward in the bottom six in order to kind of just boost the offense a bit more. So that's an area that I think um, could be one to look at. Bob Ears also asked, most underrated Bruin? Uh, that's a great question at the moment. I think um, hmm, that's tough to say. I still think Matt Grizzlick is kind of underrated by Bruins fans. Uh, he's not as flashy as Tory Krug used to be, but he is incredibly gifted defenseman, puck possession guy. Uh, I'd probably put him as the most underrated guy for the Bruins at the moment. All right, let's, uh, let's answer one more before the break. Kind of a related question. We always talk about big names, but who are some depth guys the Bruins could acquire at the deadline? I've kind of spoken about this before. There's a few guys that I think could fit that bill. Uh, you look at the Bruins killer in Game 7 last year in Max Domi. In uh, Chicago, he's not my favorite player per se, but I think he could be that kind of guy who could add some grit as well as some scoring to the bottom six. He's on a $3 million deal. 
pending unrestricted free agent. And I think he could fit in well. I like Ga- Vladislav Gavrikov in Columbus. Again, another physical defenseman who can chew some minutes and chip in on the penalty kill. Uh, those are a couple guys that pop into mind uh, right away. Also, Anthony Duclair would be a great pickup from the Florida Panthers for that scoring boost in the bottom six. I'll answer some more questions coming up after the break. But first, today's episode is sponsored by betonline.net. They're your number one source for sports betting info, stats, news, and analysis. You can get the latest odds and trends for every pro and amateur league out there from the NFL playoffs coming up this weekend to ongoing NBA and NHL action, some futures for MLB. They've got it all at betonline.net. If you love sports podcasts, you can even find those there as well. They're the fastest and easiest way to get your betting info. Just head to their website today. Use your mobile device to learn more at BetOnline, where the game starts. Let's keep rolling with some of these questions. Mike Kamish, Kamish, hope I'm saying that right. If Patrick Kane wants to force his way to Boston, a la Taylor Hall, and that drives his cost down for assets, assuming his injury isn't serious, he's been in and out of the Chicago lineup a little bit lately, would you make the move? Oh, that's a tough one. I need a sip of coffee in order to think about that for a sec. I'm not a Patrick Kane fan personally, and his numbers have really dipped this season, which I guess is understandable seeing as Chicago Blackhawks aren't really built for success this season. He's on pace for 15 goals and 42 assists, which would be his lowest point total in a decade when he played well in the lockout shortened season where he had 55 points in 47 games. So in a full season, this would be his lowest output ever. He's also a minus 24, which again, Chicago is pretty bad. Uh, He's on pace for 280 shots and his shooting percentage is a career low 5.3. So that should be set to rise. If it's another Taylor Hall situation where you only have to give up an Anders Bjork type guy and they don't have any second round picks, so it would have to be a a third. I'm not giving up a first round pick in 2023 for Patrick Kane at this stage in his career. It's very tempting. I'm not going to lie. I don't love him as you know, based on his off ice stuff, uh, not necessarily the kind of guy that I want seeing celebrate a cup win with Patrice Bergeron. But if you can get him for pretty cheap, I don't know. I mean, you look at the Bruins' top six when healthy, and like I said last week, Jake DeBrusque is the kind of player that you think you're going to get in Patrick Kane. 
He's a game breaker. He has come up big in big moments this season. And he's on pace for greater output than Patrick King. So I don't know if you disrupt things by bringing in uh, a presence like Patrick King. Again, if Don Sweeney's presented with that Taylor Hall-esque option, then he would likely take it. Me personally, I'm not sure if, if that's the move to make. Zest Hockey asks, how important is it to acquire a number one center to get pasta to resign? Can't see him wanting to spend the next eight years of his career feeding off Coyle with his aspirations. Who do we target and how much are we willing to give up? I think from David Pasternak's side of things, I, I do think that that's a consideration. You have uncertainty at that position moving forward with Patrice Bergeron and David Krejci possibly being done after this season. I'm not sure if that's likely, but it's possible. They're both unrestricted free agents getting up there. If the Bruins do win the cup per se, I could see them walking away on top. Although it would be nice if they came back when they're still playing at high levels in order to try to defend that. In Pasternak's mind, yeah, he wants to know that he's going to have a premier player at center if he's going to stick around. There's not really much in the pipeline that way. Brett Harrison seems pretty solid. Matt Poitras is a few years away. Uh, he's not a number one center either. So that's a consideration. We can't ignore that. From a Bruins point of things, they're not going to do anything drastic in order to appease Pasternak. They're not going to make a huge move just for the sake of adding a center for the future, unless it fits in with their current plan of winning the Stanley Cup. The number one target would obviously be Bo Horvat from Vancouver. He's having a career year. He's going to be an unrestricted free agent, and he's the type of player that fits the Bruins mold. High talent, but also defensively responsible. How much are we willing to give up? I don't know if you're willing to give up the first round pick or Fabian Lysel. That's probably what it's going to take to get a number one center via trade. Do you wait until the off season? Try to lure a guy on the first day of free agency and say, look, Pasta, this is who we brought in. Please be more comfortable signing. Um, that's a bit of a risk because he will, of course, also hit free agency at the same time. So that could be, um, yeah, it's a big risk to not have that center locked in long term, but Posternak, I would think, would be comfortable staying where he's at rather than the unknown of going into free agency and um, having that uncertainty. Maybe he tests the market, sees what's out there, comes home. Maybe he resigns and 
puts his faith in Don Sweeney and Cam Neely that they will bring in a number one center if Bergeron and Krejci leave. Um, but hopefully the Bruins just get it done and sign him long-term. Which leads me to my next question from Owen at Boston underscore sports 86. How much do you believe it will take to sign Pasta and make him a lifer? Now, Pasternak has already said that he's not looking to set any new records when it comes to average annual valuation. That would be set by Nathan McKinnon next year at 12.6. I've said for a while that it'll probably be eight years, $88 million, so an $11 million cap hit. That should be enough to keep him in black and gold for the foreseeable future. couple more questions coming up after the break. I want to thank you once again for making Locked On Bruins part of your day. Again, please do subscribe on your favorite podcast app and on YouTube. We're getting very close to 1,000 subscribers, and uh, it would mean a lot to me if you uh, jumped on board. A couple more questions here. Sam at Parzival RI asks, when are we going to see Mark McLaughlin? Great question. Everybody was impressed by his uh, performance at training camp this year. For the Providence Bruins this season, no, he's not blowing anybody away, really. He's got four goals, six assists for 10 points in 34 games. I wouldn't expect we'll see him this season unless there are some severe injuries. There's a few guys ahead of him likely to be recalled first. You think of Oscar Steen, we already seen Unicopanen, Vinny Lettieri, perhaps, bring some veteran experience. You have Georgie Merkulov, Luke Toporowski, who are outperforming McLaughlin. Uh, Fabian Lysel would be a guy to keep an eye on as well as a possible recall once he gets back well, he is back from the World Juniors, but, you know, gets a bit few more games back under his belt. Auto Rocket at Mick Monahans asks, what is the plan for dumping Craig Smith and Mike Riley salary to make a meaningful upgrade? Well, right now, they are both buried in the AHL. Well, actually, Riley is, not Craig Smith. Ideally, they'd find a taker for Craig Smith's $3.1 million cap hit. He had cleared waivers already, can still be assigned there for a little bit, I believe. I'm not sure if the 30 days is up. Worst case, they just bury them in the AHL and uh, have a reduced cap hit. Best case, they can find someone to take them on. I don't know if they'd have to add a sweetener in the form of a draft pick to get people to take those on. But right now it's just wait and see. And of course, right now, Wagner Riley buried in the AHL Craig Smith remains up with the team, Uh, but that could change seeing as he's already been placed on waivers and cleared. Finally, nationally national goalie hug, Association at Goalie Hug Association asked, Who's the most huggable Bruin? I mean, obviously, we have 
a good sample size, knowing that Linus Allmark, Jeremy Swayman are good huggers. I feel like Charlie McAvoy would be a good hugger as well. I'm a big hug aficionado. I love a good hug. Uh, So I'd be willing to go in the locker room and test that out should the opportunity arise. Based on personality on off the ice, who would you guess is Monty's favorite player? I mean, he's not going to have a favorite player, at least publicly. Um, There's a lot of guys in the room that are very personable. Uh, I would think for him, it's all about the friends you make along the way. He's happy to be there, happy to be part of this group. He inherited a fantastic locker room. And the resurgence of Nick Foligno has really helped that. Um, so, you know, Bergeron, Foligno, I'm sure are among the guys that he goes to um, for uh, helping to set the tone for this team. Thanks so much for sending in those mailbag questions. Very much appreciate your participation. Again, once we hit 1,000 subscribers, this Patrice Bergeron, Tim Horton stick will be up for grabs. So please do subscribe if you haven't already. Hope you're having a great week with no Bruins hockey to watch. We've been checking out the Madoff Netflix documentary. Uh, really good, heartbreaking, and enraging, but well worth the watch. And um, Yeah, that's pretty much it. Hope you're all doing well. Take care of yourselves. Take care of each other. And we'll talk to you again tomorrow here on a fresh episode of Locked On Boston Bruins, your favorite team every single day.